This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm so excited to have you joining us today. Hey, I am partnering with the Donna Marathon again. You know, it's my favorite thing to do every year. And in partnership with Visit Jacksonville and the Courtyard Jacksonville Beach Oceanfront, the Donna Marathon Weekend announces the VIP Donna Marathon Weekend Destination Hope 2024 Sweepstakes. Okay, so you can enter to win a VIP experience and trip for two to the Donna Marathon Weekend 2024 set for February 2nd through the 4th in beautiful Jacksonville, Florida on the Jacksonville beaches. This includes a three-night hotel stay at the Courtyard Jacksonville Beach Oceanfront, the official Donna Marathon Weekend Host Hotel, two race entries, and an exclusive VIP race weekend experience, including the special VIP reception they have, the VIP post-race party on Sunday. So you just need to go to breastcancermarathon.com slash win2024 slash to enter to win this. We are going to be making the announcement in December, early December, and the sweepstakes close November 31st, 2023. So go do that right now. And if you already know you want to run Donna, you can just go to breastcancermarathon.com and use the code Lindsay10 to register for any of their races for 10% off. I'm going to be there. Yes, it is the same weekend of the Olympic trials. And I am going to go to the Olympic trials and then go straight to Donna on Saturday and run the half marathon on Saturday. I hope you will run it with me. It is going to be a beautiful weekend. The good news is Jacksonville is just two hours from Orlando. Or you go to Jacksonville for the whole weekend and you watch the trials there. It is such a great weekend in Jacksonville and this race goes to support those walking through breast cancer diagnosis and helps fund groundbreaking research breastcancermarathon.com. Go check it out. All right, friends. Today on the show, my guest is Molly Bookmeyer. Molly recently set a PR at the Toronto Marathon. She ran 230-37, eighth place, um, battling some really strong weather conditions that day. She was certainly fit to run faster, and she knows that. She knows where her training was, and she is gearing up to train and run the trials, the Olympic trials in Orlando. Molly has a one 1051 half PR and she also works full-time she's with the Voiselle Underbird Project training for the Olympic trials her along with five or four other athletes are a part of that program which is really cool she'll talk about it a little bit in the episode Uh, Molly has a unique story in that she walked onto her college team and didn't have crazy success as a college runner She actually also ended up being diagnosed with a brain tumor. She had major surgery for that, another major surgery following up that from complications. And then right after getting married, her husband was diagnosed with testicular cancer. So she has been through the ringer with this health stuff. And we talk about that in the episode as well. We talk about how she has walked through that. And one of my favorite things that I got from Molly when I was researching this interview is her passion to keep making plans even when things are really hard and scary and unknown and I just thought that that is such a beautiful way to live because sometimes when things are hard we just want to stall and stop and just curl under a blanket and hide from everything and though there are days where that you got to do that 
Um, ultimately, if you keep making plans and living and moving your life forward, you're probably going to be able to cope with it better. Um, and so, yeah, I loved Molly's story on that. She is one to be watching. She's got so much ahead of her and I'm so excited to see what she's going to be able to do at the trials in 2024. All right, friends, if you are enjoying the podcast, leave us a quick rating and review so other listeners can find us. And if you are loving this show and you are a parent, you might enjoy my other podcast for parents, which is called Why Is Everyone Yelling? Uh, I am also co-hosting the Relay Podcast with a group of amazing people in the running industry. It is so much fun over there. So check those out. Go subscribe to Why Is Everyone Yelling and the Relay Podcast. All right, friends, please enjoy my conversation with Molly Bookmeyer. All right, friends, today on the podcast, we have Molly Bookmeyer on the show. Welcome to the show, Molly. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm really excited to be on the show. Uh, congratulations. Uh, Toronto wasn't that long ago, right? When was Toronto? Yeah, a couple of weeks. I think it was like the 15th or 16th that weekend. So thank okay. you. Yeah. Okay, super, super close. Um, 2.30... 37, which I know was a PR, but you mentioned you were a little bit disappointed with that. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, the weather was pretty tough that day. Um, we had like, I think we had like, you know, sustained 15 mile per hour winds the whole time. And then the last 10 K, you know, rain was blowing in and I think we had like over 20 mile per hour winds. And so it was just the the weather, I think, was tough. So it's one of those days where it's like, you know, I look back and I'm really proud of like the way I'm the way I competed. Um, and I felt um, like towards the end, I felt better than I've ever felt before. So I think like that's a good sign, like nutrition wise and stuff. But um, I really thought I could have gone faster, and mm. I really want to run a fast time. Um, so again, I'm like proud with how I competed, and I'm proud that I keep getting better. But you know, um, I think I have more left. So that's all. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, well, you know where the fitness was, but you can't control the race day circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's tough, right? Like, uh, it's really hard because we tell ourselves not to compare, not to compare, not to compare, but, um, you know, Chicago was the week before and like they had perfect weather (laughs) conditions and it was like so many people ran really well. Um, and, you know, going into this race, I, I picked the race because I knew it was going to be a little bit more low key and I thought it was going to be an opportunity to run really fast. And, you know, the course was great and I loved my experience. I just, the weather was tough and, you know, wind is hard and it just, uh, can take, take it out of you a little bit. So when you say not to compare, are you thinking like, oh man, if I could have been packed up with that group of women that went, you know, between like 223 and 226. Yeah, I mean, I definitely think having more people to run with, um, our race got really spread out really early. Um, there was a pacer for around 228, but, um, the roads in Toronto, I think they have like buses or something that goes through downtown. So the roads like have these tracks in it. So I was nervous to go Mm. with a bigger group of people in the beginning because I was nervous about footing. Yeah. Um, and so like I didn't, I was kind of on my own in the beginning around some people, but, you know, by the half marathon, um, Mark, I thought I was catching up to like another pack of people, but they all turned off to do the half. So mm-hmm. then I was just all alone and, um, 
win in a marathon alone is just kind of <laughs> tough, but you know, a lot, you know, some lessons learned and, um, I, it was still a good experience It just, um, yeah, I would have loved to have, if not even a bigger pack, just, you know, nicer weather or something, but we can't control it. Yeah. But how do you feel like, how are you working through feeling like, okay, well, it wasn't the time I knew I was capable of on a different day, but I do know that I was fit for that. So like you can take that with you in your next cycle. Yeah. So, um, I worked a little bit, um, just because I've always struggled a little bit. So I worked with like a performance coach a little bit. Um, and he recommended like after every race have like a consistent way to review your races. Um, like whether it's like a good day, a bad day, just like always review your races the same way. Um, so like some of the things are things that you did well, um, that you want to carry forward with you. Mm. Um, Things that were out of your control that you can't change. So like weather out of my control, I can't change that. Um, and then like maybe some things you want to do differently that you learned um, that you want to like carry forward to your next race. Um, so all different um, kind of like standard questions to ask myself. Um, nothing negative about it. So um, just, yeah, reviewing the races at a more like consistent way um, where I can like take away positives no matter what the outcome is. Oh, I love that. So you said you felt really good though at the end. So, well. <laughs> yeah, better than I've ever strong. felt before. Yes. I is felt strong stronger. a better word? Yeah. Obviously nobody feels great at the end of a marathon. <laughs> but yeah. the reason I ask that is because, you know, the weather, not a controllable thing, right? Um, did you come up with anything, anything that you would like to do differently after this race? I think I need to pay more attention to weather. So like execution wise, mm. I think I would have, um, we always talk about like respecting the weather. Um, and I feel like I'm still learning how to respect the weather. Like I ran the 20 K and it was like, a I mean, I had a really not a good day. Um, but you know, like I think Des ran the race and I think she, you know, ran maybe like a smarter race than a lot of people ran. And I think, she, I think it comes from, she's like really experienced. And I think she really respected the heat on that day. Um, and so I think like this race, I think I would have tried to, like I broke, a, there was a pack and I was like, oh, the wind, maybe it's going to be at my back more. So I'm going to, I feel good. I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. Um and I think I should have maybe stayed back earlier, even if it was going to be slower than I was planning on being, I would at least have been around people and maybe that would have saved some energy. So I think that's maybe the one thing I would have done differently, but you know, it's really hard um, to know. And you know, one of the guys who was in the pace group was like, we're going to have a tailwind for the next, you know, 60% of the race. And I was like, okay, but we did not. <laughs> so, False yeah. hope. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Well, it's still exciting though. And and so how are you feeling about leading into, uh, we're just jumping in right into what's going on right now and we'll go back. We're going to do this a little backwards. Um, how are you feeling with all this leading into the trials? Yeah, I feel, um, you know, I did more miles than I've ever done before leading into Toronto and I think it paid off. Um, and I still feel like really healthy. So I think I just need to be careful um, and make sure I stay healthy leading into the trial. So that's like the biggest piece of it. Um, 
Obviously, I would like a um, faster time on paper just to make myself mm. feel like mm-hmm. maybe I'm in the mix a little bit more. But, you know, ultimately that it doesn't matter. What matters is like you show up on race day and um, you race the people around you and you do the best that you can do on that day. Um, so I think I still draw a lot of confidence from from the day. And, um, you know, I learned a lot about like being positive going into races and um, things that work with me for me in training. So um, I feel good about going into the trials and I just want to keep getting stronger and, um, you know, hopefully I'll have a good day and people will be like, where did that come from? And I'll be oh, like, I love it's, it. It's yeah. been there. I just haven't been able to do it. So Totally. I have to ask everybody running the trials about how they feel about the noon start time. I just feel like it's such a boring question, but also like, I just like to know opinions on that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't like, I'll show up and race whenever the race starts. Um, you know, if people are concerned about like their health and, um, running, if it's going to be a little warm, like I totally respect, you know, everybody's opinion on that, but I don't know. I'm just going to show up and like prepare as best as I can for whatever the day may hold. Um, you know, I work full time and I don't get to pick the weather I train in very often. So I don't, um, I don't know. I think I'm just going to prepare as best as I can for whatever conditions there may be. And um, I'm just going to do my best. You work full time in logistics? Yeah, supply chain logistics. Okay. My husband used to do that. He's in finance, but his first, the first job he ever had out of college, he worked with supply chain management at ProTrans International in Indianapolis and did all the logistics stuff. So um, what did you major in in college? Uh, operations management. Okay. Well, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people dual major operations and logistics, but, um, I just did operations. So yeah, it, I mean, it's really interesting. I think logistics is super interesting. Um, so you like it. I do. I mean, there's things it's tough, like supply chain, like you are always wrong <laughs> no matter what, like, right. Like you can, you're either going to have too much product or not, not enough product. So sometimes I struggle with that. Um, but you know, it's a big puzzle and, um, yeah, I enjoy that piece of it. Hey friends, did you know that Prevenex is where I get all of my multivitamins and supplements? They have a great joint supplement and they also have amazing kids vitamins, children's chewable multivitamins without all that extra crap in them. Prevenex formulated Superbites to deliver the right forms and optimal amounts of key ingredients and nutrients to support your growing kids. It helps support eye health, bone health, immune health, increases energy and focus, and they donate a bottle for every bottle you purchase to malnourished children around the world. They have donated over 950,000 vitamin bottles already, so you're literally giving health to your child and a child in need when you purchase Superbites low in sugar from natural sources, no preservatives or artificial sweeteners. And this is an organic blend of fruits and vegetables. They're delicious too. My kids actually really like them. They ask for them. So go to Prevenex.com, get yourself on a subscription for your own multivitamins, and you can do that for your kids as well. Prevenex.com, use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y-1-5 for 15% off your order. All right, friends, back to the show. You work full time. You also are now with the Wazelle Underbird Project. So tell me about that. 
Yeah, so they are helping sponsor five women as we lead into the trials. And I think it's really been a, I mean, it's been a great experience so far. Um, I think, again, the most important thing to me is connecting with like different women across the country. And I think that this program is like a perfect mesh of that because we're all all over the country um, with different goals and different backgrounds. And um, they're really highlighting our stories, um, which I think is super unique because, um, you know, I have a different background. Like I wasn't really fast in college. I wasn't sponsored in college. I didn't come out of college racing, you know, full time. Um, so I think it's just kind of cool to hear about other women who might have had a different path to running at a high level um, and maybe were relatable to other women across the country who have similar goals to qualify to the trials to know that you can take a different path and still be successful in running um, and in life and in a career and family and everything. Yeah. So you walked on to your college team. Yeah. So I walked on to Ohio State. Um, Again, I wasn't really fast in high school. I actually um, was hurt in high school. I um, had a weird injury called Freiburg's infraction. It's where like the a bone in your toe like dies and collapses down. So, oh gosh, yeah, Random. I was out. Yeah, it was. I always get the weirdest injuries. <laughs> um, so I was, you know, I was hurt in high school, and then I, yeah, and I walked onto my college team, and um, I don't think I ever broke seventeen minutes in college in the five k. So. Okay, wow, wow. Okay, so your story is also unique in that you have had a lot of health issues as well. Yeah. Brain tumor, brain tumor surgery, then an emergency surgery after that. Um, if you walk back to that time in your life, like what did running mean to you then? Yeah. So um, a lot of times I say like running saved my life um, oh. at different points. Well, um, so the whole way that they found my brain tumor um, is like I wasn't getting my period regularly. And okay. I don't mean like for like everybody to be like, if that's not happening, like this is. Yeah, don't scare people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, right, right, right. But, you know, we did a bunch of different tests um, and um, eventually my gynecologist, she was like, well, if one condition could be like you have a elevated hormone, this one hormone, um, which is correlated to having a brain tumor by your pituitary. So wow. she, and you're like, oh wow, thanks for, <laughs> yeah. So she, um, like, we did the test, and my hormone was elevated. So then we decided to do a scan, um, and they found the little, they found a little cyst, which I still have today by my pituitary in my head, in my brain. Um, but they also found another tumor. So it was really just by luck that they found this other tumor um, in my in my ventricle. Um, and then they just worked, they tracked it for two years and it kept growing and growing and growing. Um, so they decided that they needed to remove it. And I mean, we did, they did like different tests. Like I had a spinal tap, like different tests to, um, figure out if they thought it was cancerous. Um, and those tests came back negative. Um, I mean, they couldn't know for sure, but, um, the tests were all, and it wasn't growing at the rate that, uh, uh, cancerous tumor would grow at, but it was still growing. So they decided that, um, for my own safety, they had to remove it. So how did you handle that? Like unknown in that time of your life? Yeah. I mean, it was, I think it was scary. Um, I mean, I guess, I think my parents were more scared than I was. Mm. Um, just because I, I feel like 
you know, like I know how I was feeling and, um, mm-hmm. and now I look back on it. I mean, and we can get into this later. My husband had cancer. And so watching him go through cancer treatment, I didn't know how he was feeling. So I felt like that was more scary for me. Um, but I think what I've learned is like, we don't know what's going to happen a year from now or three years from now. Or, and I, and I often get overwhelmed if I think about that, if mm-hmm. I'm like, where am I going to be in a year? I don't know, you know, but all we can do is like take the next step. Um, so it was just like one step at a time. And the first step was like to get the surgery. And so it was just like one, I guess I just took it one step at a time and I didn't know what would come after. Um, so I guess that's the way I handled it. Just like slowly, um, slowly one step at a time. And, um, you know, I had complications after my first surgery, um, where it landed me back in the hospital for a while, but, um, yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I just kept taking it one step at a time and, um, I'm grateful. Like I have really supportive parents, um, and I got a dog, oh. my dog today. We got my parents, I spent my birthday in the hospital for my surgery. And so my birthday present was a puppy. So I got to have a puppy. So that helped me. Um, oh. so just like the little things, you know, that bring a smile to your face. Were you, um, talking to anybody like in therapy about this while you were walking through it? I was not, no. Do you, and do you, to this day, do you need, do you do that? I, no, I, I, ha- no, I haven't, yeah. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, running, um, I think that's why running is, like, really important to me, which I know running is not therapy, but um, right, it right. has helped me, like, you know, think through a lot of stuff. Yeah, I mean, and it's not to say everyone needs to do that. I've just, um, I have, like, this, like, extreme um, fear, like of health anxiety stuff. And like, I just started talking to someone last year about it because it's, it was just like overtaking my life and it has in different seasons. And so whenever I talk to someone who's actually gone through something really intense, like you, I wonder like, how do they do that? Like, how do they process that when they're faced with this stuff? Yeah, I guess it's just, again, like I said, I just take it like one step at a time. And, um, like, you know, my husband now was my boyfriend at the time. So he was always there for me and Mm -hmm. my family was always there for me. And so, um, I guess I just leaned on my support system a lot. Um, I love in your Instagram when you talk about like, keep, keep making plans, even Mm -hmm. when things are hard and scary. And I'm like, wow, that's such a beautiful way to look at it. Because when we're faced with these things and we're like, we don't know what's going to happen, Um, like I actually, I think about Allie Feller a lot right now, Mm -hmm. like walking through her breast cancer journey and everything she's going through and she is just keeping on and keeping on and just, I know it's hard for her, but seeing her continuously like pursue her career and all this through it, I'm like, wow, she's doing it. And so I always wonder like how people, how do you not just crawl up in a ball, you know, and you just like keep making plans? Like, I love that. Keep making plans. Yeah. I mean, I think it's like, right, we don't know what the future is going to hold. And um, I think it's just like you have to do the things that make you happy. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, running makes me happy. Traveling makes me happy. Spending time with my loved ones makes me happy. And so, um, you know, she's been really open and like sharing her journey, which I think, again, like so many people can learn from her um, and, I think it's inspiring to see people like share their journey and show that like hard life is hard. And I think sometimes like social media shows that like they don't, people don't like to show the hard spots, Mm -hmm. right? Like people show the highlights. And I think 
um, that's tough. And so when people are sharing the tough times, I think it makes them more relatable um, and hopefully gives other people hope that like you can get through this and it might be a little bumpy and, you know, it might not work out the way you want things to work out. But who's to say like the way you want things to work out is going to actually make you happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I also think um, in that regard, like people can be external processors versus internal processors. Mm -hmm. So for someone like her, it could be that writing all this out and sharing it, that's like her her way or other people's way of, uh, I don't know, therapy is not Coping. the right word, but yeah. like processing it, processing oh, it. 100%. I mean, that's, you know, I, I don't ever mind sharing my journey. Cause again, I think, um, you know, sharing it and talking about with people helps me and makes mm-hmm. me feel like maybe I'm giving back a little bit to yeah. show like other people that, um, if you're going through something tough, you can get through it. So your husband's good. It's been five yeah. years. Yeah. It's been five years. It's crazy. That's a great, five years is like a really good place to be, huh? Yeah. No. Yeah. He's, he's great. I mean, they actually, um, he was getting scans, um, I think a couple times a year and now he only has to go every year. Nice. Just like a regular, regular checkup with an extra scan. Yep. So it's really good really positive. Oh, that's awesome. So, okay. You get through all this, your husband gets through, is walking through his scare and you decide I'm going to do my first marathon. Yeah. So I, um, always, like I was running before, um, I just think, you know, when he was going through his chemo treatments, I, um, I needed something to keep me going, I guess. Right. Like, you know, we were just married. Most people, when they get married, they like are making plans to like start a family or plans to go Mm -hmm. out, like to do fun things together. And, um, I just needed something I think to help me get through helping him get through cancer. Um, and for me, it was like running. Um, and so I said, yeah, I set a goal to run a marathon. Love it. Okay. So now correct me if I'm wrong. Your first marathon, is it grandma's? Yeah. Well, I actually, so I ran one marathon before that a few years before. Okay. Um, so it wasn't technically my first marathon. But you weren't like big time training for that first one? No, it was okay. just like a fun social thing. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got it. What yeah. was it? And what did you run? Um, the Columbus marathon. Okay. Yeah. And I think I ran maybe like 315 or something. And were you just running with people? Yeah. I mean, I was just, yeah, we were just running for fun. Okay. Yeah. Um, So 246 at grandma's though, the first time you like really train. And so at that point, okay, the Olympic trials qualifier was 245, right? Mm -hmm. What did that 246, like, what did that, how did that make you feel in terms of like what you were capable of? Yeah. So I, um, I honestly, I don't even think I had a goal of qualifying to the trials at that point. I, it was literally just like run a marathon because my husband went through chemo uh-huh. and that was really tough. And if he can do that, like I can run a marathon. So like, right, like my, the first one I did, like I walked a ton, like, I, right. It was like, I just wanted to run a marathon. Um, and so when I finished and I, and I still remember like that race, um, I mean, I was listening to music. Like, I had an iPod. iPod and I was the like, 315 or the 246? <laughs> the 246 <laughs> with, like, wired headphones and stuff. <laughs> and, um, I mean, I didn't know. Like, now you can't listen to music. And I had no idea that's even a rule. Yeah, um, you weren't, like, technically, like, a pro yet. You were just kind of, no, like, had... a really fast common runner still at that point. Yeah, and I got – there was a group of girls um, 
and I like kind of packed up with this group of girls who were going for like the trials qualifying time and I like really just loved running with that group in that race and it was really fun and I finished in 246 and I was like huh hmm well if I can do that like I think I can shave off a minute so like now that's gonna be my goal so I think it just kind of happened <laughs> were you ca- also carrying your phone like were you or did you have it clipped no, in somewhere I didn't <laughs> Those iPod shuffles. Oh, oh, the iPod shuffle. I want one of those. They don't make them anymore. I know. Yeah. Oh, but like, you know, like the little little square one that you can clip on. Yeah, I want one for my kids, honestly, because they don't have phones yet. And I know they like to listen to music. I'm like, I'm sure I could find one on eBay or something. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I know. Honestly, I think they're the best thing for like, I I don't know. I wish I would have one too, but like listen to music now. Yeah, because you can also, the nice thing about that is like you can still unplug from your phone while you're running. Like you're not like maybe going to look at a text or like your phone's going to ring while you're out. You can like disconnect and still listen to music. Um, I think it's, I always think it's so funny when, particularly when super fast runners have headphones in and they have the cord still. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody was doing that. Somebody finished Indie Monumental. I was doing the finish line announcing and somebody that was like running somewhere like a 240 something came through with like their headphones jostling around and I'm like you dealt with that the whole time while running like six minute miles really yeah I don't know they probably have some good pump up music in there you know? probably I'm like you can, we'll get you some airpods yeah <laughs> um okay so then you go on to do your 24407 you qualify for the trials mm-hmm. and then what's your mind thinking well then I was like I don't know. I, I think I just wanted to keep getting faster. Um, so when I ran the 246, um, I just trained by myself. I didn't have a coach or anything. Um, How many miles were you running? I feel like maybe 60 miles a week or something, 60, 70 miles a week. Um, and um, so then I, you know, I'm connected with like the local community here in Columbus. So mm-hmm. I um, had, I got just like a local guy to help coach me a little bit Um And so then my goal became, well, I've never, I was like looking at races that I wanted to do in the spring. And I said, I've never run a U.S. championship race. So then my goal became, okay, I want to run a U.S. championship race. Um, And so fortunately, there's one in Grand Rapids, Michigan, uh, the 25K um, in May. And it's like really good timing because do you live in Indy? I used to. Okay. Yeah, I lived there forever. And we moved to Raleigh, North Carolina just two years ago. Okay. So, I mean, you probably know training in the winter in, like, in Ohio or, like, it's really difficult. It's not fun. <laughs> no. Like, you're on the treadmill a ton. Yeah, it's Columbus and, and Indy are, like, the same. Yes. Um, so, I was, like, May is just a really great time for a race because uh, you march, the time changes. Mm-hmm. I can get out after work for a little bit longer, and the weather's nice in April, so I thought I could have a good uh, race in May. Um, so, I did a local half marathon leading up to that and I like PR'd and I ran a um, 73 in the half uh, two weeks before the 25k and then I ran the 25k um, and I finished third which was just like again I had no expectations going into the race and um, I don't know again I, I thought I could compete just based on I don't know I, I, it's weird. I, I was like just really confident, you know, Running <laughs> with, with no these women who've been pros for, wasn't it Sarah Hall and. Well, Sarah Hall and Emma Bates were the Emma first Bates. two. Yes. They were uh, first and second. Uh, and I remember uh, the night, I don't, I don't know if they were both not supposed to run or one wasn't supposed to run. Um, but I remember like calling my coach and being like, oh my gosh, I was like, Emma Bates and Sarah Hall are going to run. And he was like, 
which is totally is not true. They're like, and he was like, well, they're probably thinking Molly Bookmeyer's right, which, <laughs> Aww, like, <laughs> you know, it. is not was not true. But um, but what a great thing for him to say. Yeah, it really just like made me. I don't know. That's like the that's what I needed at that time. Mm. Um, so it just gave me good confidence going into the race. What was it like to stand on the podium with with those two? I mean, it was like really surreal. Like I got drug tested for the first time after the <laughs> race. Like I didn't know what that was. They were like asking, like, what did you take? And I and I didn't know. I was like, well, I had a goo and I like, I was, like listen <laughs> off like all this stuff. And I think, you know, they're more concerned about like medicine that you're taking, uh-huh. not, not food that you're eating. Uh-huh. Um, so that was like really different for me. But yeah, I mean, it was, um, I was like really proud of myself because my mm. whole like, my whole thing that race was to belong. Like I didn't mm. feel like I belonged in the professional running world at all. Um, so I feel like that kind of helped me feel like I, I do fit in and I do belong on the starting line with those other women. I love that belong. Yeah. I love that so much. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important thing for everybody to remember wherever they are. Like you belong. Yeah. And it's like not to other people to tell you if you belong, like, yeah, right. right. Like you, you have to believe that you belong. Like so many other people can tell you like you belong on that start line, but like you need to believe yourself that you belong there and when you finally believe that I think that's all right listen up lagoon pillows oh my goodness lagoon is the best pillow I have ever laid my head on in my 39 and a half years of life I have looked for good pillows for a very long time and before lagoon I was settled on a higher quality pillow I got at Target Uh, I I mean, I've tried Tempur-Pedic, I've tried other brands, and this is by far the best. I think because it's so customized. You fill out a two-minute sleep quiz, okay? And whether you're a back sleeper, a side sleeper, a belly sleeper, however you sleep, these pillows are incredible. I have the Otter, my husband Glenn has the Fox. They are so perfect when you lay your head on them. And listen, if you want a more firm pillow, they have those options. If you want a more soft pillow, they have those options. And they even send you the filling so you can fill your pillow as full or as little as you want. It is truly customizable. And we all know that like sleep is so important. If you are not sleeping well and the thing that you are laying your head on is contributing to not good sleep, you need to fix it because we are all working really hard to pursue athletic goals and dreams and sleep is so important. So listen, go to lagoonsleep.com slash Lindsay and use the code Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-E-Y to get 15% off your order and just then come thank me for changing your sleep life because Lagoon is amazing. All right, friends, back to the show. Yeah, well, so the the thing is, I've been injured a lot. So um, I didn't actually get to run in the 2020 trials. So like, that's the one thing I want to do. I I um, I had a really good spring and that was 29. No, oh my gosh, I don't know. I guess that was 2019. Yes. And that uh, August, I got a sacral stress fracture. Um, and I was trying to get back and ready to run the 2020 trials. Um, and then the week before the race, I ended up getting a femoral neck stress fracture. And I think what happened was it was both on the same side. So like I had a sacral stress fracture and I thought I gave it enough time to heal, but I must've still had some like swelling in there and I was getting ready for the trials and training was going well. And like, I, it was literally like the the week, I, 
I still remember like I was at work and I had to go get an MRI and I came back and I was sitting in my car crying and I like walk in the office and they're like Molly go home because I was like in tears um because I was like how do I have another stress fracture and it was it was like the week before the race so I had to drop out of the trial yeah didn't get to run the 2020 trials. Do you get nervous when you have to get MRIs because of your other health stuff that's gone on? Yeah so it's like it's not funny so a girl, <laughs> sorry, uh, one girl um, had to get a uh, MRI of her foot and I was like, you know, I actually, I've gotten so many MRIs now, like from my head all the way to my toes. I think I've had an MRI of like every part of my body and, you know, I was still, I was still getting MRIs every quarter for my tumor. For yeah. Um, so I weirdly find them kind of relaxing. Oh, because yeah, you just kind of like lay in the tube and... yeah. But you didn't let it go to your mind, like, could this have anything to do with that? No, I think it was just like, I mean, I was just really frustrated with, um, everybody was like, well, it's just growing pains. You know, you're getting, you're running more miles. It's just growing pains, getting into running. Um, which now I look back and it's like, um, I actually was like pretty deficient in vitamin D. Mm. Um, so I think there were like nutrition stuff going on, um, that I just wasn't absorbing nutrients that was causing like stress fractures. Um, so I think it was more like that, a little bit more frustration of like, you know, I always, I keep making progress and every time I make progress, I seem to get like a big setback. So that was, um, I think frustrating, but in a weird way, you know, I missed the 2020 trials and then it was COVID. So like in a weird way, I had time to heal from my femoral neck stress fracture. Like there were no races. So I felt no Mm -hmm. pressure to come back for a race um I took more time and like a longer period of time to make sure I got like really healthy uh, before running again so when did the breakthrough like that had you creeping closer to that 230 barrier which I know you wanted to break 230 but like when was the breakthrough moment when you were like oh okay like breaking 230 is feasible I ran, um, like that trials and miles half marathon, um, in 2021, I think. Yes. And I ran like a 72. Mm. Um, and then I ran, mm-hmm. um, I, it's just been like a, it's been a bumpy ride because then I was supposed, and then I ran the Columbus half marathon and I ran like the same time at the Columbus half marathon, but, um, and then I was supposed to run New York city, but I ended up getting, I had like hip bursitis, so I dropped out of that race. Um, but I guess I still felt like I was fit, so I ran a Houston marathon and I ran like a two thirty one, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, but um, that this is really embarrassing. I got um, got really sick in that race, mm. like really, really sick, um, and like it ultimately caused me to go to like the, a doctor afterwards, and um, we did a bunch of different tests and. Um, they diagnosed me with celiacs, whether or not, like, so I think, I mean, I was, like, pooping blood yeah. the last eight miles of that race, and so um, after that race, um, again, it was just been, like, frustration of, like, a lot of things were happening, and um, I got sick in, like, the Columbus Half Marathon, it, like, happened in the Columbus Half Marathon, and then it happened again in the full marathon, and I think it was one of those things where it was happening a lot in training, and we just no, like everybody was like, it's just like a runner thing. And then it happened in the marathon. And I was like, there's no way mm-hmm. this is like a normal running thing. Um, because if it was, nobody would run a marathon because it was <laughs> like, it was, it was like the most miserable experience I've ever been through. 
Um, so I think running, so like running a 231, going through all of that made me feel like, um, you know, like I am really close and like if things, if I could just get my nutrition under, uh, you know, a little bit under control, um, that I feel like I could do, um, a lot more in the marathon. Um, did you get that problem solved? Like with celiacs, like, are you avoiding gluten or? Yeah. So now I don't eat any more gluten, um, and it, I mean, I don't, I haven't had that issue anymore. Um, yeah. so I think that's definitely helped. Yeah. So, yeah. I wonder like inflammation from the gluten and whatnot. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I, before I never ate like a ton, that's the thing. I never ate a ton of like carbs before. I think probably cause it just made me feel crappy. Yeah. Um, and then before leading into races, like I would, and that's probably why I would like get more sick leading into you'd the carb races. Up for the yeah. race. Yeah. Um, Interesting. so yeah, so I, Finally, I mean, it took a while to get it under control, um, but then I, like, now I finally have it under control, and I feel like my nutrition's a lot better, and I feel like my race day fueling's a lot better, um, so it's all, like, positives, but again, it's, it's like, bumpy to fi- to figure it out. Everything, um, yes. Yeah. What do you fuel with during races? So, right now, um, I'm using, a, it's called e-gels, okay. um, and I just, I like taking gels because, I like to like carry them on me because I've like missed bot. Like I know, you know, a lot of like pros, we get bottles. Not everybody gets bottles in races, but um, I've had like the experience where I miss all my bottles and that like makes me nervous. So I like to, I normally carry the, my gels on me just to make sure like no matter what I have like fuel yeah. on me. Um, so that's another trick I've learned in the marathon. Yeah. So um, what are your, like, what are your biggest dreams for this? Um, for running? running? Yeah. I mean, so I, again, I really thought I could get the Olympic standard. I really thought I could have run like, you know, sub 227 at Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's still my goal. I know mm-hmm. we can't control weather, but um, I really want to run um, a fast time. Um, so I, I want fast times on paper, right? But I think my bigger overall goal with running is to like show other people that um, it's okay to have a different background and still tr- like still choose to chase big goals Mm. that maybe you didn't think that you had before. Like 10 years ago, five years ago, if you would have told me like that I'd be running at the level I'm running at, I would have said no way. But you know, it's like all those baby steps and they just keep propelling me forward. Um, So like, I want to get the Olympic standard. Like I want to, um, like I want to be more placing higher at the bigger races. um, Like, in marathons and like, I mean, I think the half marathon is my favorite. Really? I wish there was a half marathon in the Olympics. Right. Because I would be all over that. Right. Um, but, you know, again, I just want to keep getting better. I think my goal is just to see how good I can be um, and how far that can take me. So, but then, you know, on the flip side, I also want to use it as a platform to show other people that like life is really hard sometimes and, you know, not, not many people have it easy. And like what, you know, what I go through is really tough, but like what somebody else has gone through can also be really tough. And we all have different things that we think are tough that we're going through and, um, just show people that, um, we can get through it. Um, and you can, um, you can be better because of the things that you've been through. Mm, I love that. Why isn't the half marathon in the Olympics? (laughs) I have no idea. I, I think the half is like such a fun distance because it's like, fast yeah but you also have to be strong uh-huh. um 
So I wish it was. If I had a say in it, I would totally make it in the Olympics, but. I think that's interesting that we were just talking about this on the Relay podcast, like our feelings on the half, because I said, like, I'm always been so scared of the half because you have to run it so fast. And even though, like, the marathon is so long and so hard, there's something about running just a little bit slower yeah. that doesn't feel as scary. And everybody else on the team kind of felt the same way. It's like, Laura Thweet was like, it's basically like a 10K, but you're running a half marathon. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's like, I guess I feel like I've had more success at the half mm. marathon than I have at the marathon, so maybe that's why I like yeah. it. Um, and I always... I run the Columbus Half Marathon a lot, and I love running through my hometown just because mm-hmm. it's, like, really special to me. Um, so maybe that's a piece of it, too. But um, I guess I just haven't had that, like, marathon experience where I'm like, this is awesome. Yeah. My marathons have been like, oh, man, this is yeah. <laughs> So The Columbus Half Marathon. So you live in Columbus now, but were you born and raised there, too? Um, I was born in Cleveland. Okay. Um, but I went to Ohio State, so. Okay. Yeah. Um, My whole family, my immediate family, my husband and my kids, big Michigan football fans. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, get, you know, when I was in college, we did, like, the mirror lake jump where we would, like, jump in. There's, like, a lake and we all jumped in uh, the week of the Michigan game. Uh-huh. But, so we do all that. Big all rivals, that yeah. Yeah. But now I'm like, I don't, sounds bad. I don't, like, care as much anymore. Oh, okay. But... Okay. But yeah, but it's, I mean, it's fun. You know, the local store, I just saw they, they always do something every year where like we, uh, you can like log miles and it's like our store versus a store in Michigan. So it's like, it's a thing and it's fun to be a part of. Yeah. My husband always tells my kids like, well, if you go to Ohio State, that's fine, but I'm not cheering for your teams. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay. So tell me about Columbus though, like running the Columbus running community and whatnot. Yeah. So, I mean, it seems like weird to say, but I think Columbus has a really great running community. Um, you know, we don't have like a ton of like Olympians or anything, but there's a lot of people who run um, or walk. And um, there's definitely way more people in the summer than in the winter uh-huh. <laughs> that are out running and training and stuff. But um, we have a half marathon in the uh, spring and then we have a full half, a full marathon and a half marathon in the fall. And typically a lot of people train for those races and um I don't know I mean I I to me it's home I have found like my community here in Columbus Ohio so like Mm -hmm. I you know I love running on there's a bike path here that I run on a lot and I see a lot of the same people every day Mm -hmm. um I don't know there's like an old man his name's Phil and I see him with his coffee mug you know every morning when I'm out running and um I don't know to me that's like special you know I don't I don't have like a big team that I train with here, but um, my husband bikes with me a lot, um, like every weekend when I do my long runs and stuff. And my coach is here now, which is really important for me. And, um, you know, a lot of people are chasing goals here. And, you know, some of them, there's some women who are trying to get the OTQ for the trials. And then there's some, you know, women who are just trying to finish a marathon. And I think it's really cool um, because I've learned that um, everybody like everybody matters right and everybody's time goals matter and place goals matter and um, I just think it's you know a little bit of a different experience for me but I love it yeah are there any other local elites or women as fast as you that you have to train with um no I mean I have a a couple friends who are like trying to get the standard um two of their girls 
qualified to the trials in 2020. Um, so, I mean, they're like, you know, they're fast. Um, I just, we don't, tra- it's tough to train together, right? Because we all work full time yeah. and like the one lady, she has two daughters. And so it's, we're all on different schedules, mm-hmm. but um, we meet up every once in a while just for like easy runs. And I think for me, that's like enough because it's like, I'm so busy during the week um, with like my training and stuff. So every once in a while I'll like run with a couple of my friends or I'll get to run with my coach um, or my husband will bike with me. And I think that's enough um, for me to feel like I have training partners. Yeah. It's nice to also um, check the like social box off while you get a run in, you know, I mean, not to like make your friendship about the running, but like, Hey, there's only so many hours in the day. And if you can do both at once, it's great. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I feel like, and I think that's why you become like such good friends with uh-huh. some people is like, cause you are out there for an hour and you can just talk about anything. Um, and yeah, I think that's why so many people's like really close friends are, if you're a runner, a lot of your close mm-hmm. friends are runners. And I don't think it's because they're runners. I think it's because you've spent that miles and hours. <laughs> yes. And they understand. Yeah. It's interesting. Last night I was at, we were out to dinner with a couple people, like a brewery and um, I was trying to dis- tell, explain to the other friend, like when I became close friends with this other girl and I was like, when, how did like our friendship explode? And it was that we, it wasn't running, but we started going to the spin class together. And so like every week, like twice a week, she would pick me up and we'd have that like 15 minutes of car time and yeah. then, you know, the workout together. And then that is what it is. Like when you do physical movement with someone, it creates a bond for sure. Yeah. Uh, there's one girl here, uh, when my husband was going through chemo, uh, one of her sons was going through chemo, um, and we would run together and like, it was, Mm. I don't know, again, it was like a a really special bond that Mm -hmm. I don't think I would have had, um, if we didn't run together just because we're both going through pretty tough times. But like, I think we kind of both got it and we were able to like be there for each other. And, um, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think it's, special so um there's got to be some men though that can that run your your pace in the area yeah a few yeah there are a few you know I think it's like kind of tough um the way that I like I need to find I would love to find men who want to help me Uh get better Uh uh-huh and I think that's different than just having fast uh-huh. men in the area, right? Because yes. I, and I don't mean that in the wrong way. And I, I hope, hear what you're saying, though. But, like, right? Like, if I'm going to have to do workouts with people or if I'm going to have – if guys want to hop in my workouts, like, I don't need them 400 meters in front of me. I need them, like, with me yes. to do my workouts. So you can and, work together. Yeah. And I feel like that's where it's been kind of uh-huh. tough to find, like – guys who want to do what I need yes because they want to do their own workouts if they're that fast they're trying to like they're also yeah. trying to break 230 and all the yeah things. or they think they're like you know like I have my goals and I have my times that I'm doing my workouts in and um you know I was training for you know a 227 marathon and I don't know I right it's just tough to find people who like want to do what you what you want to do. So if yeah. anybody's out there who wants to help me in my yes. workouts, I am definitely open to it. PSA, where's, yeah. the, where's the Ben Bruce of Columbus, Ohio? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah. So we but, need that. Maybe, yeah. maybe somebody will hear it and like find somebody. Because it would be nice if there was like a two, like 15 guy or 220 guy who like, you know, yeah, maybe so he does easy. do his own thing, but yes. on your workouts, like he can 
cut back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. That's the thing. You need somebody who's like faster so that like then the workouts that I'm doing are like easy. Not necessarily like their big workouts. Yeah. So it's kind of a tough balance because again, you know, a lot of the guys are um, training for their own time. So um, I don't know. I've gotten used to training by myself in a weird way. Um, I don't mind it, but and plus I don't have a ton in common with men. So. Yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so, but, you know, my coach comes to my workouts a lot. So that's like helpful. You know, yeah, I blast my him. like, uh, so his name's Jim Jersevic. Um, He's local here in Columbus. I've only been with him for like a little bit over about a year now. And I mean, he, I love working with him. Like, mm-hmm. He's really kind. Um, and he's run at a high level before. So mm-hmm. he, I think in the 2020 10K trials, I think he was sixth. Oh. Like the, um, so he's like very good runner himself. He oh. uh, ran for Hanson's um, and I think he ran for Fila. So anyways. Fila. He, oh my gosh. I yeah. forgot about that brand. <laughs> I know. I think that's right. And like he qualified to, I think he qualified to the marathon trials like three times. So he's like really experienced and he's run at a high level. So I think he understands like what it takes to run yeah. at a high level and like the ups and downs of it. Um, but the thing that I appreciate the most from him is like he just really listens mm. um, to me and like what I feel like I need. Um and then he, like, gives his advice, too. So it's not like he's, like, it's never like he's telling me, like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this. It's, like, more of a relationship where we, like, work together and I say, this has worked for me and can we try this? And he's always open to, like, trying different things and um, listening to my feedback. Um But then also, like, pushing me. Like, his mm-hmm. workouts are tough. Give us some examples of, like... Leading into Toronto, what some of the tough ones were that you did? Yeah. So, I mean, I was training. My mileage was higher than ever. So I was at, like, uh, I think around 115. to Like, and I think maybe my peak week was wow. around 120, like, mm-hmm. consistently. Um, and so what we decided worked for me was not, like, a ton of, like, banger workouts, but just, like, a lot of consistent workouts. Mm-hmm. So, like, once a week, I'd always do, like, a, a double workout. So, like, in the morning, I would do, like, 10 times, three minutes hard, one minute easy on hills. So, there's, like, a hilly neighborhood around here, and I would do that, um, I think it's, like, yeah, 10 to 12 times, three minutes hard, three minutes easy. And then, so I'd get, like, I don't know, 10 to 12 miles in the morning, and then after, in the evening, um, we would do, like, 17 times, one minute hard, one minute easy. So, same thing, like, a... uh, fartlek um so like a double fartlek day or i think they call them double threshold day um so that was like a big day that we had always had in there during the week and then we normally have like one speed day on the track um so whether it be like 800 so i mean i was i would do like 10 times 800 at like 225 to 228 pace Mm. um and then on the weekend we would do like longer marathon work Mm -hmm. so um I used to do a lot of like broke, more broken up ones where I do like five miles and then a mile easy and then five miles and a mile easy. But um, I've learned like me personally, I, I can't have that break because like I don't get that break in a race. Mm-hmm. So I need more practice of just like going a little bit longer without a break. Um, so the longest one that I did is um, there was a, a 20 mile race here in 
yeah, on like a bike path here in Columbus. And so I just hopped in and we did like a progression run um, starting at like 5.50 down to like 5.30 for 20 miles. So I think that was like the longest effort that I did. It's um, a big one. Yeah, it was a big one. But that's what, you know, I felt I felt great um, during it, um, which actually gave me a lot of confidence leading into Toronto, which is why I know I feel like I could have run where mm-hmm. my goals were at because I, I don't feel... I don't feel like my goals are like outlandish goals, right? I feel like I'm a pretty realistic person. Like I know where my training is and I know where I'm at and I'm not trying to set, I'm not like trying to say I can run a 222, right? Like I'm trying to set realistic goals with where my training's at. Um, so yeah, it's just a lot of like consistently building um, solid workouts after like solid workouts. So. Um, do you think that like without having that break, is that, do you need that just as much mentally as, as physically? Yeah, I think it's more mental, and yeah. now we're, like, working on, like, I even told him, I was like, should we break up my marathon like this, where we do, like, five uh-huh. miles hard, then one mile easy, then five miles, and he was like, I don't, <laughs> like, we were, we were talking about doing that, and then we decided not to do that, um, but, um, yeah, I think that's why it's, like, I'm learning to get stronger mentally, uh-huh. like, this past week. I had thousand repeats and they were pretty quick and he only gave me a minute rest between the thousand repeats. Yeah. It's a short rest. It was really hard. I think (laughs) it was probably the hardest workout I've ever done because the rest was so short. But it's like, um, you know, he told me during the workout, like, we don't need you to get faster. We just need you to get stronger. So it's like getting stronger both like physically because I was like working pretty hard, but also like mentally in that workout because it was really tough and you know, I was talking myself out of it a little bit, um, mm. but I need to make sure, like, I don't do that. Like, I know that my, how you talk to yourself is really important, um, and sometimes I'm better at it than other times, um, but always working on uh, keeping my head in it, so. How many thousands did you do? Um, eight. Eight, yeah. wow. Yeah. Uh, the only nice thing about that short rest is, like, it doesn't give you a ton of time to, like, overthink what you're about to put yourself through again but yeah. still yeah they they were quick though they were like supposed to be at like three, they, yeah they were like 305 and Oof. it was like I was like these are the same pace that I'm running my 800s at but I get two and a half <laughs> less rest. rest yeah so it was tough oh but, my goodness yeah stronger for it yes yeah stronger um, yeah with the trials being the first week in February it does make like you're, you're going to be in like really intense training mode around like Christmas holiday time. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's going to, it's going to be tough. Um, but in a weird way, and this is probably just because I work full time. Yeah. I oh. actually kind of like it because I get more days off. Yeah. You're, you have, yeah, you have more time off. <laughs> so I have a little bit more flexibility. So in a weird way, um, it actually like kind of works out that way for me. I'm a, I'm a little bit more nervous because January here we can get some ice. So we're right. trying to figure out if we want to go somewhere warmer. Um, you guys can I, work remotely and go somewhere. Yeah. So my job's fully remote. My husband's job, he still goes into the office a couple of days a week, but I think they would let him work remotely mm-hmm. um, for a month if we, if he asked. So I don't know. We just like, we're weighing the benefits of like going somewhere where it's going to be warmer, but yet like, right. I would lose like my coach wouldn't be here. Or, like mm-hmm. my friends that I like sometimes run with won't be here. Or like I go see a chiropractor. She's also my friend who like, and she's not going to be there. So it's like weighing the pros and cons and um, it's more like whatever's 
we ha we haven't decided. I was actually talking to my husband about it this weekend. We're like, maybe we'll just play by ear, and if there's like a snowstorm coming, we'll just say, all right, let's drive to like yeah. Tennessee or some you know somewhere yeah. a little bit south that at least maybe we can get out of the ice or snow or something. So I've heard a few people say they're gonna go down to Orlando and like train for like a month. I bet if you did that, you'd have people to run with. At least yeah. on easy days. Yeah, maybe. I just don't know. I think that's a thing. Like, I don't know where I would go. And I think, like, there's some teams that are going. Yeah. But, like, I'm not, you know, if I'm not on the team, I don't know how that all. Sarah Vaughn mentioned she's doing it. Oh, okay. She'd be a good one to. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe you couldn't do all your workouts together. But, like, do some easy runs together just for company. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I um, I do want to get out of the weather here just because. It's tough. I mean, and Good it's like old gray. Midwest. I know. You definitely get tough from training here, that's for sure. But um, it just makes the footing a little funny. Is um, is Ohio known for the Midwest nice like Indiana is? Like just nice people? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, is, it is a true, true thing. It really is. I know. Well, that's why I laugh. Like every time I'm running on the bike path, I'm like always waving to people. Uh -huh. Like wave to me. I don't know. And it's like, yeah, I like. You, you, it's different. Like if you go somewhere else and you start waving to people, I don't. I don't think it's quite as normal. But. Even if you're just like in Chicago running on the lakefront, you yeah. just like nobody looks at each other. Um, man, <laughs> I like. That's the other thing. Like I love. I don't know. I, that's the part that I like running here in Columbus too. Is like even if I'm running alone, I. Uh -huh. and, again, in the summer, there's way more people out there, but. You know, your I people, people are there, though. Yeah. Even if you don't really know them, they're your yeah. people. Yeah. And I, like, you know, you kind of know them. You're like, well, it's that one guy who always wears this. Or, like, these ladies who always wear, like, these clothes or whatever. So. Yeah. Um. One of the hardest things about moving, or what, maybe not hard, but, like, weirdest things is, like, you you don't see just, like, the regular people. Like, the, not even the people that you knew. But, like, you know, the person that's checking you out at the grocery store that's just familiar. Like, all that familiarity is yeah. gone. And even if you aren't like having regular conversations with those people that there's like comfort in them because they're always there. Yeah, no, I, um, so I did a little bit of a training stint in Flagstaff and I loved, like, I thought it was beautiful and I loved running out there. Um, but I always like, it didn't feel like home, mm -hmm. you know, like when I was running, it never felt like home. And, um, I feel like here it's like, I think that's like what I was missing. Just like seeing the same people out there, mm -hmm regardless of like what they're doing or how fast they're running it's just like I don't know it's kind of comforting like you said totally all right what's one thing professionally or personally that you haven't done that you'd like to do I want to run in the Olympic trials doing it I've not done it yep it's on the it's on the agenda yes have to stay healthy and yeah um what's the best most recent book you've read um so it, I don't read as much as I'd like to read but I read uh do hard things. Um, coffee, tea, or cocktail with someone fun, motivating, or inspiring? So I think Simone Biles because oh, yeah. it sounds random, but my oldest sister was a gymnast. Um, so I watched gymnastics growing up my entire life. And, you know, the Paris Olympics are coming up. And um, she's just done so many, like, not only is she an outstanding athlete, like, Right. She like took time off for her mental health. Mm -hmm. And that was like a big thing. And she like went to trial. They went to trial against um, Larry, Larry mm -hmm. Nassar, who was like abusive coach to them. And so I think like not only is she an outstanding athlete, I think she also has done a lot of stuff for women's sports um, that I think would just be really fun. And she seems like super fun and kind and would be really fun to chat with. I'm surprised more people haven't 
mentioned her as an answer for that. Yeah. And I think I'd be taller than her and I'm not taller. Oh, how tall are you? I'm like 5'3". Okay. Oh, you would for sure. She's probably like 4'10". I know. (laughs) Um, What is your last message to leave with the audience? I think um, life changes really quickly and we can't always control it or we can't control it. So I think you you have to do things that make you happy and make you feel alive um, surrounded by people who love you. And if you do all that stuff, um, I don't think you'll have regrets. Molly Bookmeyer, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, friends, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Molly, for coming on the show. Best of luck in your training for the trials. Y'all can find Molly on social media. She is Molly Bookie over there. You can find me. I'm Lindsay Hine 626 Thanks so much for being here. Have a great rest of your day, and we will see you next week on All Have Another.